Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side, post-Super Bowl voice. Welcome to the program, everybody. Have we got a great show for you today? <sighs> Celebrating the day after the Super Bowl. Very disappointing. Big celebration. You're, you celebrated... You're semi-centennial. Yes. You are half a century. Mm-hmm. You don't look a day over... A quarter century? What? <laughs> no, you do. You look over... You look more than a quarter century. That's James, by the way. He's, he's only a quarter, a quarter century. Yeah, almost a quarter century. Yeah. Yeah. You don't look a day over 47. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I notice I'm still older than you. I know you are. <laughs> What did you think of the game? I loved the game. You know what? That had to be one of the most exciting games in a long it time. It was a very exciting Super Bowl. Yes. Oh, oh it, man. It, it was a good game, even though the, the first game. quarter was scoreless. That was crazy. But then boom, 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 boom. Oh, yeah. Things started happening. It was tied at halftime, so that made it kind of exciting. That was very exciting. The halftime show was nice. Ooh, yeah, that was nice. I mean, I there were a lot of people who were commenting on yeah. it. They were saying it was a great halftime show. I'm just thinking, you know, I, I thought it was very interesting that they advertised that Lenny Kravitz was going to be there, yet all he did was come out and play guitar for a Katy Perry song. Yeah. That was disappointing to me. Well, yeah, you think— I wanted to hear some Lenny Kravitz yeah. music. You think that they would have at least highlighted a little bit more of Exactly. Lenny, Lenny was just a walk-by. And then Missy Elliott was there, and she does two of her own songs. I thought, why? Yeah. A lot of people said she was the highlight of the halftime show, though. Who, Missy? Yeah. Eh, she's a little this more is exciting. the comeback of Missy Elliott, a lot oh. of people are saying. It, it, who are these Katy people? Perry uses Missy Elliott's song, uh, uh, music to, you know, she, she she samples it in her music. So mm-hmm. that's why Missy Elliott was there. Well, that, that's the thing is that the Twitter sphere just lit up the moment that uh, Missy came on well, really? the stage. But it, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't a surprise. But I heard about it like last week. That's the thing. Apparently, a lot of people were surprised about it. Mm-hmm. They they didn't know that she's going to be performing, and they said that she stole the show. Really? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Actually, I think the uh, I think the the comments that I saw were were Katy Perry's outfit <laughs> and hot dog on a stick. Yeah. No, it's exactly <laughs> right. I, I don't know what it was, but during the halftime show, I'm like, I need a corn. Dog. I need a corn dog and some lemonade. <laughs> Well, and also, uh, also Will Ferrell's ice skating costume from oh, yeah. uh, that one movie. The comparison, to yeah, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> looked like a lot like her fire costume. Oh, that is so so sad. You know who oh, the, stole the, the show was Butler. The 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 Butler the, did the, it. The Butler did it. The Butler did do it. The Butler intercepts the ball. Oh yes, of course. Oh, that no, frustrated I, me. I saw Katy Perry compared to the Heat Miser from the. <laughs> I'm Mister Heat Miser. <laughs> no. was funny. Yeah. You know, halftime was interesting. I, I didn't, it was. I mean, I liked that. That was you good. You know what I liked, though? I, I did like the halftime show because it was it was simple. Yeah. Oh, I love it that. Was not, yeah. It was not this overt thing. Mm-hmm. She was performing, and she performed. She yeah. did her job. I thought that was cool. Well, and unlike Janet Jackson, she didn't have a malfunction. 
which was so great for my which children. was which was pretty cool since she had like four or five different costume changes yeah, yeah. in that twelve. Well, minutes. and I thought that little rocket ship thing she went on, yeah. the star, the flying star, that, that was, was pretty cool. No, that was the thing from NBC. The, yeah. the more you know, star. That's, the whole time I'm like, oh yeah, that's got to yeah. be an NBC exactly. <laughs> referral right there. But it was, I thought that was fantastic. I didn't get so much into the ads either. I mean, I loved the ads. I loved them. They were great. But yeah, there were some good ones. There was some great. I'm sorry. The one on the airplane with the Doritos was was my favorite. Classic. And the old people in like the Dodge or whatever. Did you see that one? (laughs) I didn't see them all. So. Well, you got you got to. I will go see them later. I was more interested in the game. The game was fantastic. Which is unusual for me because if the 49ers aren't playing in it, I usually don't get that excited about it. Really? That's just the way I am. Yeah, but like that was a great game. It was. That's why I liked. That was oh. Especially since the team I was rooting for won. You wanted the Pats, really? I did, yes. Well, who, who did you want, James? The Pats. You're such a Patsy. <laughs> did you really want the Pats? I guess so. I didn't really care. The Seahawks. I wanted <laughs> He didn't the even watch the game. That You know what else? Did you see Richard <laughs> Sherman go up to Tom Brady after? I didn't. They went well, up and— I did not. Because they had had a many an well, exchange. I'd, I'd like to see Richard Sherman's interview after this game because the last time I saw him after a game, yeah. he was he, he gets, was really shouting his mouth he off. Gets, he gets a little mouthy, but this—he went up to Brady right after Brady kneed the ball, uh, took it, kneeled the ball down, and then he went up and just shook hands. Hmm. It was a great shot. It anyway, just, but, I, but this is after the fight. But I think he said, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I couldn't read lips, but— yeah, Did you I, see the fight, I saw though? the fight. That was interesting. That was very interesting. You know, there's something about the NFL in general that there's a lot of things we had to talk to our kids about. Mm-hmm. So one of my sons, I you said— You have to play fair and make sure the balls are inflated. That was one of the things. Like, <laughs> who are you going to root for, son? He's like, well, not Brady, and or not the Patriots and Tom Brady because they cheat. And then I'm like, well, we don't know that they've cheated yet. Yeah. There's no proof. We'll find out when they're fined in mm-hmm. two weeks. But, I find it funny, though, that Tom Brady's kind of catching all the flack for this. Well, yeah. But, you know, he pretty much is the guy that— But if they, didn't check the in, in, no. if they didn't check the no. balls before the game, Mm-mm. I'm sorry, you, you, have no, well, you have no course of well, let, action here. You're right. There's no course of—actually, there is because the NFL makes their course. Well, I'm sorry, but then that's then, stupid. But that also—many would say that is the problem with— the NFL. And with Bilicek, though, is he knows how to play the gray areas. And he'll play them, then the NFL will change it, and then now we'll all Well, that's also players. the problem with Roger Goodell. Yeah. He's got to cover these things up. And that's I'm sorry, right. if, if things are not good underneath They're, his reign, yeah. and, and, and I use that word carefully, mm-hmm. then something's got to change. And I'm, and I'm usually not one to call for something like that. No. But, I, I think the people that are calling for his ouster are a little bit, a little bit, you know, they're War. over over staying, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think in the end, what's going to happen, we'll find out a couple of weeks. There'll be well, fines. Somebody I, will take the. Well, hit. did you did you see that new truck that Tom Brady got? I did. Yes, yes, yeah. Those those uh, tires were actually looking kind of flat. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of yeah. kind of sketchy. Yeah, that's uh, that's well, the, <laughs> if 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 Roger Goodell does get ousted or mm-hmm. taken out for some reason, uh, I. I'm of the opinion Condoleezza Rice needs to become the next oh, commissioner would she not of be the great? NFL. I think she would be fabulous. That would be fantastic. She would love that job. I think she would. From Stanford, provost or whatever she is. Mm-hmm. Secretary of State. To, yeah, Secretary of State, Stanford, provost. Now whatever, now she's going to be the commissioner. That would be cool. Well, she is in the. She is on the selection team yeah. for the uh, the college playoff 
How cool would that be? Uh, games. Minority woman? Yeah. Head of the NFL? I think it'd Tell be Tell me the NFL fabulous. doesn't need that. And again, we don't need Goodell to be fired. That's not what we're saying. But no, we are no. saying, you know, NFL's got some, some stuff. I mean, there was, all, there, was, there was a moment. There was a commercial, too. That they're not in charge of commercials. No. But there was a commercial where when you have 20 men in a room that all have to turn their heads. Oh, yeah. And I'm not even going to name the name because I don't want to – it wasn't Coca-Cola. Nope. But – you know, there's just that moment. Anyway, that that was cool. That was great. It was a great. I love the fact that it was a great game, even though I was wanting this. I wanted well, that. I I was looking. Mm. I was looking back at things because Tom Brady broke a record of Joe Montana. That was last way cool. Night. But you know what? You don't have the best running back in the NFL, mm-hmm. and then you pass on the goal line. I'm not. You know, I had no problem with that choice of oh, plays. I bet you didn't. Just because it's like the worst call ever in the history of all. Humans. But if you're. But that's what they were expecting you to do. Now my know, opinion is you don't pass good. to the inside. Yeah, but you don't. You you have your Mar, you have Marshawn yeah. pound it. He had three downs or whatever, just pound it. Well, I think they would have stopped him. I don't know, just because they would have expected it. I don't no. think that doesn't mean that I don't think they could have stop. stopped him. If they could have stopped him, they would have stopped him a long time ago. They did stop him did you a know, lot. No, did you notice my voice how it went like that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Was, yeah. Thank you, Mr. Belichick. Thank you. It was it was great. I, I love the fact. Honestly, tell me oh. how cool that is. That was. That's the best it's been in a long time. Oh, yes. And if it, if it has to go to another team, how cool that they break all these records. That's awesome. Well, I thought it was cool. But, you know, I'm 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 a 49er fan. So yeah, seeing Joe Montana's record go down, you know, I, I that waxed hurts. a little nostalgic. By the way, speaking of waxing nostalgic, today we're studying it. Yes. The effects of nostalgia. How your view, your history, your anticipation of things past. Is that the word anticipation? Seems like that would be future. But your memories of things past may impact. Your thoughts, your reflections. Yeah. It impacts how you see things. Oh, yes. Very much so. We've got an expert coming on next. Christine Bacho, I believe her name is, to teach us about the effects of nostalgia. You be thinking about what moves you, what memories from the past make such a big difference for you. We'll be talking about it when we come back right here on The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Ah, oh, Howard Jones. No one is to blame. That's the man. Can't live in You know, this song takes me back to one of the greatest dances <laughs> of all time. <laughs> is this was, where you met your wife? No, actually, oh. and it's, but this was the hottest song when I was growing up. Oh, okay. This was big. This wasn't, you know. I wasn't born in the 50s. This is the one where you picked the special girl to dance with. Actually, no. No. This is a different one. This is one where we were too late getting to the dance that Uh we didn't ever dance because we had to stand in line for pictures. So this woman was this young woman. We were young then was asked. She never got to dance at her at her junior. No, it was a Christmas dance. So we're like, well, let's just and we all went to her house and we turned on this song and we danced one slow song cool and it was you know just to set the mood uh big puffy taffeta dresses Mm -hmm. claw bangs claw bangs lots of hair product (laughs) for you uh for me (laughs) uh her parents in the other room howard jones and slow dancing awkwardly like a 17 year old boy would anyway just 
nostalgic. Just one song brings back all of these great memories. And does that not happen all of the time? How many times something as weird as like today, Punxsutawney Phil, Groundhog Day, which we're going to get into a little bit later in the show, that bring that can bring back memories. Just the simple idea of Punxsutawney and learning. I learned that when I was really young. That brings back memories. Super Bowl brings back so many memories as a kid. Nostalgia, folks. Just this, this, the memories we have, the history we have, and the impact that nostalgia has for us longing for the good old days. We brought on an expert, Christine Bacho, Dr. Christine Bacho. She's a psychology professor at Lemoyne College in Syracuse, and she studies nostalgia and our longing for the good old days. She has actually developed the Nostalgia Inventory Test, which measures how often and how deeply people feel nostalgic, and uh, has a blog, a popular blog on psychology today called Longing for Nostalgia. Christine Bacho, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. It's great to have you, and it's it's so funny that one song or one event or, you know, the Beatles or anything can come on, and all of a sudden it just it just reconnects us with feelings and emotions. That's, that's a universal issue, right? You're absolutely correct. It's been a, an emotion that's common to all people everywhere throughout all historical time periods. What's, it, what's the benefit of it? I mean, it seems like it might end up getting us hurt if we're always waxing strong into the past instead of living in the present. It's one of the reasons I began researching nostalgia a long time ago, because there was such a negative attitude or view of nostalgia. So I looked into its history, and it was originally coined by a medical doctor to name a particular disease or disorder, ah. which roughly translates today into homesickness. Oh, really? Yes. He did that in his medical dissertation back in 1688. Oh, wow. A doctor named Hoffer. So I found that peculiar because I never saw it that way. Yeah. And so I started tracing first its history, and then I began collecting data because I found that, oddly enough, even though many people were interested in the phenomenon... No one had really measured it in order to do social science sorts of uh, research. Mm -hmm. And that's why I developed the nostalgia inventory. And so now you can use the inventory, or anybody can now, to go back and do more and more tests on all different aspects of nostalgia. You're absolutely right. Even as we're speaking, there are people using the inventory to collect data. They're using it for a variety of purposes. The app is free, so anyone can download it just as a way of sparking conversation. What, what measures... is the, what's the, where do we get that, or what's the name of the app? You could just look for it on um, Google or wherever, yeah. or on the App Store yeah. as Nostalgia Inventory. Oh, neat. How yep. great. And is, I mean, to me, there's so many, I have vivid memories of the past, and it really, it's endearing, it brings me closer to people, so it seems like there's some obvious benefits to it. But we also live in a culture today which is so focused on, you know, being present, staying in the now, kind of all of these things. Is are they at odds with each other? Can you can you be nostalgic and wax nostalgic and yet remain healthy and present? Right, I understand your question. It's an excellent question because so much attention in positive psychology has gone into looking at mindfulness. Right. And carpe diem, be in the moment. So I wondered about that. I, originally, I was partly inspired to start researching nostalgia because of our culture's very strong value for progress. Mm -hmm. 
we're a very future-oriented culture. Right. And technology is bringing us amazing advances. So if nostalgia were to be an impediment to that or interfere with mindfulness, then one would expect that it would have negative influences. On progress, you bet. But it doesn't, because it turns out the more I researched it, and others, of course, picked up the ball and ran with it, we find that the positive benefits for most people would definitely outweigh anything else. Huh. Uh, for, for one thing, nostalgia is a blended emotion. It's positive and negative. Now, different theorists will focus more on one side or the other. Right. But both sides have to be present for it to really qualify as nostalgic. And you can see why, because the memories that it triggers are usually going to be happy memories. Mm-hmm. Not always, but usually. The, the sad part, the bitter part, is because, of course, they can never be lived again. The That's only right. way you can have them is to relive them in memory. And so when you look at the benefits, the first benefit, I think, is pretty obvious, yeah. which is you get to relive good old times. And that's a wonderful uh, benefit, especially in times of change, times of stress, or times of loss. That's great. So stress, loss, any pain. I mean, even but so when, when times are tough in the present, you can go back to the past and relive an experience. Downside is you still got to come back to the past or to the present. But the good side is you bring with you what you've gained by your little visit to the past. So in a way, the past should not be feared. It should be not even just confronted or battled with. Not everyone has a good past. Sure. But it's important to learn from that past and bring it forward. And then we find that it does promote resilience. It gives you the courage, the strength to move forward from wherever you're at. How how powerful. I mean, we don't... Who would think that something as just just something as simple as nostalgia would be healing? It would be hope inducing. It would be it would it would be like a therapy. Yes, I I know that is somewhat of a surprising thing, but I did one study looking carefully at how people perceive their childhood, mm-hmm. and I came up with an inventory to measure that as well. And when you think about the linkage between childhood happiness and nostalgia, then things start to fall together in a logical pattern. So, for instance, whenever someone's in a, either a depressed mood or in a difficult situation, being stressed out, or even just the time of transition, and our culture is constantly oh, yeah, moving. bringing yeah, a lot of change, it turns out that people, when they become nostalgic, they can resurrect a lot of the qualities that we enjoyed as young children. And one of the parts to that is obviously emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, childhood gave us a feeling of security, a feeling that everything will be okay. But it most importantly connects us to other people. There's no way that anyone as a three-year-old would have survived on his or her own. Right. So the social networking that happened for us when we were just young children, we can now bring forward into our present-day problems and then start relying on that, which is one of the healthy coping styles. So is this a form of positive psychology, then? 
I, I consider it so, yes. Yeah, I mean, because so, you're going to your past and you're trying to find really healthy feelings, if you can have it, but I guess also learnings, experiences, ideas, safe relationships, and, and bringing them to the present and, and just using them for your benefit today. Oh, absolutely. Uh, my research shows that we learn a lot of our ways of dealing with problems, our coping strategies, uh, during our childhood in two ways. We learn by role modeling, mm-hmm. seeing how our parents and other significant people in our lives dealt with problems. And we also learn along the way as we grow and mature. And so one of the things that happens when you're nostalgic is even if you're you're thinking back to a not-so-happy memory, because not all nostalgic memories are happy memories. Right. The important thing is to reflect on that and have what we call a restorative memory, a memory that restores to us our sense of hope because we know that we have survived that. And yeah. then you can oh, go further with that. So restorative would be... You know, I went through a traumatic childhood issue, and I made it, and I need to know that I can always make it through things. Absolutely, and and it also gives you some idea of how. Uh, And in many cases, it turns out that there was some person that you turned to. Uh, One of the morals to the story in my childhood uh, work with nostalgia is how important it is for parents today to make sure that they give their children the sense of what childhood is supposed to be, innocence, mm-hmm. being carefree, but most of all being loved and having a lot of happy social experiences because the things that we did as kids that were happy and pleasant but we did them alone, that's fine, they have some purpose, but they don't serve the same purpose as the things we enjoyed together in social settings. Right, oh, interesting, yeah. And, and these memories then... Are, are the ability to connect back to that and to start to, to, to bring those to the present. Right, and it also has a purpose of <clears throat> regulating our emotions because nostalgia, turns out, correlates with what I call the softer, the best emotions, things like compassion, empathy, yeah. forgiveness. And uh, one of the reasons I believe it does that is if someone had done something that wronged you in your past. When you look back at it, you realize that your whole perspective now is different. For example, a child who was bullied, well, obviously that's an adverse experience. Right. But as an adult, looking back, they might realize that some of the bullying wasn't anywhere near as horrific as they thought it was when they were seven. That's true. And then they can make sense of it. Yes, and our values change as we grow and mature. Yeah, yeah. Man, I love I love what we're talking about, Christine. Let's take a break. I want to come back and continue this discussion, gaining more tools, more ideas for how we can use our history, those moments of thought, the nostalgia that might appear in our minds and our hearts and our feelings, to cure and heal ourselves today. More ideas from Christine Bacho on The Matt Townsend Show up after this break. American Pie drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. And then good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Again, another 
nostalgic song. Who's that's that's Sean's. Oh yes, Sean O'Neill, one of your favorite songs. One American of my favorite Pie. songs. Yes. What what memories does it bring back? Oh, memory! Uh, just listening to it when I was a kid, and oh, yeah. just and trying to figure it out on a I'm vinyl. I'm still trying to figure it out oh, today. Yeah. Well, yeah. Some no, I listened to it on the radio. Found out. But it was also an an, an eight minute song when you were on the radio, and those were treasured when you were a disc jockey. I bet <laughs> it gave you a chance to go to the restroom. Exactly. Good stuff. Uh, again, one song can bring back these memories, um, nostalgic memories. Not all things nostalgic necessarily have to be positive. That's what we're learning from our wonderful guest, Dr. Christine Bacho, who's joining us. And Christine is a professor of psychology at Lemoyne College in Syracuse. She studies nostalgia and our longing for the good old days and is teaching us about how we can be more healthy, more effective by, you know, going there, going to those places of, you know, yesterday, learning, growing, taking what uh, what we what we had going on there, bringing it into our present life today and, and using it to help us manage emotion, to help us learn uh, wonderful stuff. And by the way, she also has a, a really interesting tool called the Nostalgia Inventory Test, and you can find it. It's an app. If you just go to the App Store or online, go look up Nostalgia Inventory Test and it's just a great, you know, little tool, little discussion, fun activity you can use with people to help uh, to help talking about memories of the past. Christine, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you so much. It's great to have you. And for me, this is such a, an effective um, conversation, an essential conversation, honestly, because we we all live so much history. We have so many memories, so many thoughts. But many times we are just trying to numb ourselves from either not going there, you know, or just numbing ourselves from the difficult life we have to live presently. Teach us more about how going to the past can help us. Well, you're right about one thing. Our culture now is a culture of social comparison, Yeah, where we're constantly uh, judging ourselves relative to everyone else. And I think social media has really up that, yeah. and especially for adolescents, young adults, teenagers, um, and it can play out in a way that could be positive if it helps you to be motivated to do better, but it can be a very negative thing as well, because with the explosion of examples and possible interactions on the Internet, inevitably, everyone can find someone who appears to be doing better, mm-hmm. and I think one of the reasons that relates to nostalgia is we end up focusing on trying to go through life as if it were a straight line, and at the end is somehow the goal that we're all trying to get to. But it's a goal that, in a way, is impossible to get to because no one is ever going to achieve enough to sit back and say, well, now I've done everything I've ever wanted to do. It's kind of over. Right. So one of the things that nostalgia can correct is it can give us time to ponder what are the things of enduring value. Hmm. And by looking back at our past, we especially notice that the things that mean the most to us now are not necessarily the things that seemed so important when we were younger. And I think that helps us to make sure that the present that we're living in is being lived in a way that's authentic to who we are and who we want to become. Right. So you really don't need to choose 
past or present. I mean, there's there is much to be gained from the past, and it all has the potential to help us live a better present. I think you're right. I think the distinction between past and present, which is actually a very American way of thinking. Is it? It is. It, it has always been because we've always been uh, forward-looking, future-looking. Right. Yeah, we had to break our past, didn't we, to come to America. We had to break it and get here. Right. And as a nation of immigrants, we have uh, many people who dealt with what uh, Hoffer, Dr. Hoffer, in 1688 referred to as homesickness. Right which is giving up everything you've ever known. So, of course, we're a nation of people who look forward. But the idea that there's this sharp divide between present and past is actually a false dichotomy. Hmm. I say that because even now as you and I are speaking, the only reason we can carry on this conversation is that we have brought everything from the time we were born till now. And we're using it. Right. The past is part of who we are. Yeah. It's everything. It's our knowledge base, our language, our social skills. You, you, there is no absolutely pure present. Yeah, yeah, you can't separate it. Nope, you can't. Even if you wanted to, you couldn't. And no one can actually predict the future. Yeah, right. So the, the interesting thing is that you're going to, I think, learn the most about who you are by looking at the blend between how the past has become the present. And then you can decide how you want to use that to move forward. Mm. Uh, I think it's important that people know that individuals who are more prone to waxing nostalgic are not less healthy than other people. My early research showed that there is no connection between being a nostalgic individual and anything negative, such as depression mm-hmm. or cynicism. And I think part of the reason why people think that there might be is a confusion of the word. There are two different types of nostalgia. And the one that I've been researching and I'm talking about is what is referred to as personal nostalgia. That's different from the other kind of nostalgia, which is the one that I think ended up giving this kind of bad name. That's historical or social nostalgia. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because you could see um, somebody that wants to hang on to, you know, days of yesterday or yesterday where, you know, certain people didn't have rights or certain people didn't hadn't progressed and we weren't allowing. I mean, even slavery, some you could see would wax, you know, strong in the idea that, oh, those were the good old days. But mm-hmm. and yet, no, you got to progress. But personal nostalgia, you're saying, is healthy for us, not necessarily tied to any other problems. Right. It's not tied to a historical time period. Uh, in historical nostalgia, my data show that it correlates uh, pretty much with people who are cynical, um, unhappy with the way things are today, socially speaking or culturally speaking. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, it often relates to feelings of hopelessness or pessimism. They might anticipate that we're on the wrong track and it's getting worse every day. Right. Personal nostalgia is being nostalgic for your own lived past, the experiences you went through. It can extend uh, vicariously through feeling towards your grandparents. Uh, And that happens through, you know, storytelling and um, all the things that happen when we really close. Oh, you know what, Christine? We are losing 
your um, your line a little bit here. Why don't we um, let's take a break and and I'd love to maybe carry on one more segment and and so we'll go get your line straightened out because I really want to hear this. Um, I want us to learn how we can use nostalgia to to take us you know where we need to go to be healthier to find not just get stuck in the past and not be able to bring it to the future but find a bridge from our healthy past to our healthy present and a healthy future more when we come back more from Christine Bacho right here on the Matt Townsend show Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. It's my life. I just want to live now. Come on. You know what? There are so many benefits to going back to the past. You know, if you had a time machine and you could hop in it, where would you go? Which would be more interesting to you? The past? Go back and see those those old days where you were growing up. You know, your first kiss. That <laughs> sounds like Yes. The first time you bought a young lady a set of knives, Ooh. James is like, for sure. Well, there's a, there's a movie out right now about tra- traveling to the past like that. Really? It's called Project Almanac. Did you see it? I did. How's it going? It's terrible. Okay. Thank you. Well, you know, not every trip to the past is a great one. But uh, we're talking today about nostalgia and the benefits of going back. The benefits not just of going back and having a great memory, because sometimes when we go back, the memories aren't always great. But the mere fact that you've overcome something today is telling you that you're a strong, vibrant, changeable human being that can make stuff happen in your life. And we wanted to bring in an expert that can help us understand better how the past can help us heal, help us grow today. Her name is Dr. Christine Bacho, and she is a professor of psychology at Lemoyne College in Syracuse and uh, studies nostalgia and our longing for the good old days. She's also developed the Nostalgia Inventory Test, which measures how often and how deeply people feel nostalgic. You, by the way, can go find that. It's an app, and go check out the App Store Look for the Nostalgia Inventory, and guess what? It's something you take to parties, start testing everybody. Powerful stuff. She also, our guest Christine, also has a blog on Psychology Today called The Longing for Nostalgia. Christine, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, your phone's so much better now. Great. Um, Hey, uh, one thing I'm wondering, I, I imagine, so let's say in high school, there's the old football player that took state. And they they live so much kind of for the memories of the past that they never can live today. You know, they're always like, oh, man, if I only I, – if I, if I, you know, when I was in high school, I could throw the ball over the mountain. Um, it, it seems like to me there's that point where it's no longer serving you. Right. And there probably are what I would consider to be um, excessive or pathological forms of nostalgia – We've seen that in the clinical work, but those are generally extreme. Okay. Uh, the the guy who keeps retelling his stories of heroism on the football field is really going to only fall into that as an excess if the people in his life allow him to. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because you'd think they'd be teasing him by now. Right. And uh, when people start 
getting up and walking away, that's kind of a social cue that, hey, you've gone a little too far. I've heard the story yeah. 55 times. Here we go again. And uh, actually, nostalgia as a personality variable correlates with two major, major roles. One is social connections. Hmm. And so those people who have built a set of good social connections, family, friends, and today we even have uh, people who are, for whatever reason, somewhat isolated, who can do this now over social media. Sites. Right. So they can establish connections. That is the healthiest way to deal with avoiding getting trapped in your past, because people today will keep bringing you back to the present. So if you if you don't have social connections, then you'll probably if you tend to be nostalgic, you'll you'll tend to be a little less healthy about it. And most people who are nostalgia prone are socially socially connected. strong, right? And they have good social skills. If if an individual does not, being nostalgic in the right way can actually help that out too, because it takes you back to a time when you did have good friends, yeah. good family. The other thing that I wanted to stress is identity. The one common denominator in almost all the important studies on nostalgia shows that it's serving a really useful function for people to keep track of who they are. Oh, wow. In the intrinsic self is what it's referred to as your authentic self. And as we go through life, we go through different time periods when who we really are becomes a little confused. Yeah. That's definitely true during the teenage years. It can be true when people leave home, whether it's a soldier going off to war or a college kid going off to college, and suddenly there are going to be social influences that tempt us to move away from who we really are. Right. Nostalgia can ground you, and it can ground you both in terms of keeping track of how you've changed throughout your life and why. Wow. And actually, many times when people move into their later years, they return back to uh, who they really are. Uh, One um, set of studies shows that mortality salience, the awareness that no one lives forever, Hmm. is a good uh, experience for people to remember that uh, we have lived who we were, and it reminds us to question, if we're younger, a younger person can have mortality salience, for instance, if their parent or the grandparent dies. Right. And so suddenly it makes them question, what is the meaning of life? What is my purpose personally in life? And reorient someone and redirect them toward what they really want to accomplish and gain genuine self-satisfaction. What a powerful gift, really. I mean, a blessing to have this intrinsic part of us that's checking us into what matters most, identity and, and relationships. Absolutely, and they go hand in hand. They're so interconnected. So it's not something we should be trying to avoid or push away. You should be happy, okay, going there, going to That's, the past. Absolutely. Even people who want to trace their roots and they want to learn more about who their great-grandparents were. Right. That's a healthy thing to do as long as we said earlier, you have someone and something in your life that keeps bringing you back, and, yeah. uh, then we can actually use it to best advantage to do, remember, today is tomorrow's past. Right. So it helps you to anticipate and say, well, 
you know, 10 years from today, will I be proud of and happy with what I was doing today? It's such an interesting guide. And how does it, how does it evolve? How did it come to be that our memories had so much of a power like this? I believe it probably came from uh, looking at its history. It has been uh, remarked upon for literally thousands of years. It's always been there. And so clearly it serves two major, major functions. It serves the function of staying united to other people, yeah. which, without which we wouldn't survive. Yeah, it keeps you in the game, so you're not right, ostracized. So. Yeah, And it also keeps us oriented toward uh, growing, because mm. personal growth is associated with nostalgia. When I first say that, sometimes people find that counterintuitive, because they think it means you're just going back. Yeah, that's staying the same. The case. Right. Right. No, but that's not the case. So if you combined, if you took a hybrid between nostalgic reminiscence and mindfulness, you get that wonderful blend of mm. redemptive or restorative memories. Oh, that's powerful. What, uh, what, what, what are some things we should do to, to maybe enhance this skill and, and to be more skilled at our nostalgia, to know how to go back, how to use it more effectively? Any other tricks of the trade? I think one thing is people have to interconnect with the people who mean the most to them in a more meaningful way. It's not just about taking a picture of your lunch and posting it on the web, <laughs> right. which is fine. I don't have any problem with that. But, you know, um, in a generation ago, many children had the advantages of spending quality time with grandparents and parents, but even the grandparents would pass on traditions. We should look more carefully now, I believe, at the traditions who gave us our special identity, hmm. and that they often occur around religious um, special occasions, Yeah, and uh, those kinds of experiences, because nostalgia-prone individuals are people who use healthier coping styles, uh, and people who are less nostalgic are the ones who are more apt to use dysfunctional styles such as denial or substance abuse, right? all of which are basically avoidance or escapism, trying to get away from mm -hmm. problems or feelings. Nostalgia brings one back to the uh, healthier ones of, you know, positive reframing, expressing your emotions. Uh, for some people who've been brought up with a religious tradition, yeah. Uh, they can often turn to their religion for support during the most difficult times in life. And that would bring back the memories as well, right? Just because the traditions, the rituals you've been going through your whole life. Absolutely. And uh, when we lose someone whom we really, really love, it is such a comfort to think that somehow they do continue on, that there's a continuance. And you can only get an appreciation for that if you can step back from the moment yeah. And view the whole timeline. Would we, and then I guess if we were going to try to incorporate this, you know, going through the loss of a loved one, I guess on social media, maybe mention memories that we shared with them or show pictures that we've had, stories that of, you know, what they taught us. I mean, is that how you're saying to make it more rich? Absolutely. And accepting the value of even mementos, souvenirs. Yeah. I had a young man in class the other day who showed the class. He has a, a special uh, pendant 
that his grandfather had given him, and when his grandfather died, he began wearing that, and he touched it in such a nice way Mm. and said, whenever I'm feeling really down, I can touch this and remember my grandfather and what he meant to me and how much he thought of me. That's so powerful. You know, I've seen it, I've just seen it in a a family, a close family member whose mother is, you know, suffering with Alzheimer's, and yet the daughter is basically, she's doing a blog and going through and rewriting all of the stories and all of the lessons and sharing parts from her journal and putting just all of these really powerful connections out there. And everybody that's following this blog, they're all, they're connecting and they're healing. That is a perfect example. And I think we need more uh, experiences where people share their, their family stories and just do the old-fashioned getting together. Those are the experiences that later in life are so meaningful to us. Actually, my research shows that as adults, people don't remember even what they got as a gift or even what kinds of things they had wanted and didn't get. Those things become meaningless later. Oh, so true. It's It's all the moments we've spent with the people we love and who loved us that matter. That's right. Uh, Christine, we have about 30 seconds. Why don't you just tell us the one thing, of all the things you learn, of all the things you value about this knowledge with nostalgia and that you've studied, what stands out as probably the most special for you? For me, I think it's remembering that today's tomorrow's past. So as you look ahead to the future, think about whether or not you're going to be happy with what you're doing right now. Mm. And the only way to measure that is to get in touch with your intrinsic self, your authentic self, and you can do that by thinking back over your past. So beautiful. So beautiful. Christine, thank you so much. Again, you can find Christine Vacho if you go to, you can either go get the Nostalgia Inventory Test, which is an app, a really fun kind of app you can share with others, or you can also go to her Psychology Today blog, Longing for Nostalgia. Christine Vacho is her name. Well done. Such great learning. Such great insight. Folks, the past, it's ours. We're wired. We're wired to use it. We're wired to take advantage of all the good that we've had in our life and bring it forward and change the world. Oh, love that idea. Concept, very powerful. We'll take a break, a longer break as we're ending the first hour of the show. Come back. When we come back, we're going to talk about Punxsutawney Phil. Does he really have a clue? We'll find out. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the second hour of the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program. Hope you are recovering from the great bowl of superdom. I hope you have made it healthy, happy. So much to talk about today. Uh, er- earlier, we talked about a lot about the football game. Yes. We didn't talk about the magical catch. No. The great shin catch. That yes. By the way, one of the hardest catches in all of football is the shin catch. That well, only only second behind that is the head catch, the helmet catch, which yeah, both back, have occurred yeah. against the Patriots now. I'm telling you, it's because they're the Patriots. Yes. So, you know, Super Bowl was great. Uh, we thought it was a great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the ending was a little tragic. 
myself. Yeah. But I was pulling for the green and the blue. I thought, how cool is that? I'm sorry. They I come back the red, white, and have and blue, a – Because so. what, what would have been great is if they had scored soon, they had about a minute left, and then Brady has to work it back on his own. And he Brady, would have had 25 seconds. Brady. Not enough time. It's Tom Brady. Not enough time. No, in 30 seconds, the the Seahawks scored in their last game against the – who are they? Mm-hmm. Packers. Anyway, I digress. But today's a very special day. Uh, it's not only the day after Sean turned 50. That's true. So Sean's 50-plus now. Well, it, it, my mother still kind of complains that I wasn't born on this day. Oh, Groundhog Day. Yes. Because in some ways— I could have been born on a holiday. You were like the movie, The Groundhog Day. Just, the show just keeps coming back and coming back and coming back. That's a great show, but it's it's named after Punxsutawney Phil. Yes. Well, the, Punxsutawney Phil is kind of a big part of the movie, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a big part of the movie. And here's the funny thing. Punxsutawney, I think he blew it. Why? Okay, do you remember if, uh, like a week ago they were like forecasting the biggest— yes. Blizzards and storms in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. Well, they were wrong. Okay. I think Punxsutawney's following the same meteorologist. That's possible. Punxsutawney Phil sees his shadow, folks, and he predicts six more weeks of winter. Yes, and everybody in the Northeast is going, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Punxsutawney Phil, by the way, is a groundhog. Yes. What do groundhogs but know? But a forecaster, nonetheless. No. No. <laughs> After that announcement, his approval rating dropped significantly. <laughs> he doesn't have a degree from the Me- Meteorological Association. How do you know that? I've asked. Reuters. Mm-hmm. Reuters, was, they did the story here. Okay. Most famous groundhog, Punxsutawney Phil, emerged from his burrow after seeing his shadow and predicted six more weeks of winter. Yeah, that's the one thing I notice is there are other groundhogs around the nation, mm-hmm. but why do we follow just this one? Yeah. How do we know that this one doesn't have, like, cataracts and can't even see? <laughs> what if we find out that it's is a blind? That, is that my shadow or, or, or what? <laughs> and what do you do when it's overcast? I don't know. Which is a lot of times it's going to be overcast. Uh, on February 2nd, yes. Yeah, in Pennsylvania, for heaven's sakes. So I don't know that we should trust him. Okay. Plus, I don't – have you seen his eyes? He's shifty. Eh, shifty. He's shifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wiggles his nose a lot. Yep. <laughs> but it's anyway. So whatever. Take it for whatever. I mean, really, he might be more accurate than the, the professionals. Very. Not to get down on the possible. weather people of the world. Well, I, I don't ever usually trust a weather forecast past two, two and a half days. I don't trust a groundhog as far as you can throw one. True. You know, what else can they do? I don't know. They can ground. You ever seen them play cards? No. They don't have a painting like that. That's dogs. Yeah. Okay. Dogs can play cards. Uh, we just had a great uh, – dogs can't play cards. I've seen the painting. Well, I've seen, a, I've seen the, the head it's bust a still life. of Come a jackalope. On. And jackalopes aren't real either. What? I know. They're not. My dad proved it to me. Anyway, um, we've been talking about nostalgia. And there's just a lot of things in the news that we could talk about that, that bring on that feeling of nostalgia. One of them was a commercial played in the Super Bowl last night. Yeah. See if you remember this one. Marsha, what happened? Peter hit me in the nose with a football. I can't go to the dance like this. Well, I'm sure it was an accident, sweetheart. An eye for an eye. That's what Dad always says. I never said that, honey. Shut up! <laughs> God, teach Peter a lesson. Marcia, okay. Eat a Snickers. Oh, that's a okay. Snickers commercial. Yeah, that's, it is. Yeah. But it was funny, though. It was hilarious. But you, I don't think you should. I mean, you don't mess with the Bradys. 
That's well, like I don't know. that, that is funny. no, but that's a level of sacred. But it they're using the it Brady in an bunch. ad to connect you back to a memory that you had. That's true. And you you connect that memory to the product that they're trying to advertise. So yeah, there but you he, go. But Bob's your uncle. But he's got an axe and he hits he, the coffee he table. He does. Yes. The actor is Danny that's, Trejo from Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, that's making it the funny part. Yeah, it's hilarious because Marsha never would have done that. Marcia, oh, unless she Marcia, was hungry, Marcia. then she yeah, then she was hungry. Yeah. She would have had an axe. Do you remember when Marsha took a football in the nose? Yes. Sad. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Marsha was probably one of my first girlfriends. She didn't know that, but yes, good or, choice though. Or did good choice. she? <laughs> no, she didn't. She didn't. <laughs> anyway, that was a great commercial. A lot of great commercials. Um, another kind of nostalgic thing that I wanted to bring up for just for the sake of James. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, James used to love the Power Rangers. Yes, yes. still do. Uh, favorite Power Ranger, James? Uh, I would say the White Ranger from the original Power Rangers. White. Is that because you're oh, a white? he's a good guy. Is that your profile, your personality profile is you are a white? No. A peacemaker? Actually, no. Are you a yellow? I love. Well, he's, he was the Green Ranger originally, uh-huh. and then he came back as the White Ranger. Well, his suit oh. faded. Yeah, and he went white. He went and washed it. It was great. Yeah, but, he used uh, bleach accidentally. Exactly. Yeah. Here's a sad little note for you. Uh, Ex-Power Ranger has been arrested for murder. What? Well, and it's crazy about this story about the what he used to uh-huh. do the murder. Ricardo Medina Jr. was busted Saturday afternoon by L.A. County Sheriff's deputies in Palmdale, California, after a fight broke out between himself and his roommate, Joshua Sutter, not a Power Ranger. Okay. And according to law enforcement, Medina retreated to his bedroom with his girlfriend, but Sutter forced his way into the bedroom, and that's when Medina allegedly stabbed him once in the abdomen with a sword. With a sword. That's power crazy. Ranger. But by the way, not a Power Ranger sword, I'm betting. Oh, no. Do they use swords? Yeah, yes. I think they do. Okay. Mm-hmm. This, uh, and, and I've just been informed by a Power Rangers expert that we have in the office named James E. Birdsall. That this Power Ranger was color number well, or what color? Red. Color red. He was red, which is symbolic. Is that red, red of two. It means anger. I guess so. Well, and the crazy thing is, he he kept this sword next to the the his bedroom door. Well, duh, you're a Power Ranger. Who keeps a sword next to? The, I guess a Power Ranger. Where does. does? Where else would he keep it? Yeah, I guess under his pillow. Because they didn't like have a magic car or van. No. So he had to keep it by his door. Ugh. It's Man. it is sad. I mean, it is. It's sad. You don't. You can't do that, even if you're a Power Ranger. Power Rangers are out of control these days. Not in the heyday of Power Rangers, this would never happen. My son, who is away on an LDS mission, is going mm-hmm. to be devastated. I'm sorry. Just try and keep it from him. I can't. Just just wait till he comes home. Then tell him. Man, his bail has been set at one million dollars. Jeez. You know why? Well, it's homicide. And you can't let a Power Ranger out. True. You know? Although the other Power Rangers, I don't know. You know what? That guy is going to get in trouble in prison. Yeah. Oh, when yeah. it gets out that he was a Power Ranger. Oh, boy. Everyone's like, hey, take on the Power Ranger. Mm-hmm. Tragic. Tragic. Man. See? Nostalgia. We've all got memories. Just that James chose to choose people to follow that were a little messed up. Sad day. We're going to take a break, my friends. And when we come back, uh, Mark Waite's going to be here. Waxing, nostalgic, the great wise Mark Waite. Up next on The Matt Townsend Show.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show and Jungle Time with Mark Waite. Quiet what? Village. Martin what is Denny. this? This is uh, Martin Denny, Quiet Village. Uh, this is a prime example of what you would call space-age bachelor pad music, which predates <laughs> my childhood. I mean, this is like 50s where yeah. you're going to bring a, a, a lady up to your apartment yeah. to look at your etchings. Right? Oh, wow. And, and you yeah. push one button as soon as you walk in, and, and the bed <laughs> folds down, and the stereo uh, LP drops yeah. onto the turntable. Yeah. And this is the kind of music you're going to play is bachelor pad music. So it's, we're talking about nostalgia, and for some reason this is what you would be nostalgic for? Well, I mean, that's an interesting thing to me is, is that I am nostalgic for times before I even lived. I'm nostalgic for my childhood, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's Those obvious. were good times. But why are we nostalgic for times where we only have – it's all we know <laughs> of it is filtered through, you know, popular yeah. culture. Well, but this is a time, you know, of the bachelor pad. This is something you probably shouldn't maybe be nostalgic for. Like that well, just sounds it, creepy. No, it's no, like it's, you're it's like the, the creepy. Milieu. It's, okay, it's okay. the milieu yeah, of the yeah. uh, you know. I don't like fifties rock, no. but I, I I love like uh, the Rat Pack type music. Uh-huh. You know, you Frankie need a and bachelor's Dino. pad. This this goes along with the you know Dean Martin with like beads hanging from the door, and you have to walk through the beaded oh, yeah, door. Oh yeah, yeah. hard I, to find those anymore at <laughs> Home Depot. Have you been looking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're really hard to find. Try Target. Target has a, a variety of bead doors. <laughs> well, I need bright green. So that's the problem. I actually have a set. Oh, wow. You just admitted that. Yeah, my dad air. brought them back from deployment one time. Oh, from, from Thailand. From Thailand, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, now, you guys were talking about Super Bowl ads. Yeah. You neglected we, the one that what, was the best. What's it, the it, one? It punched me in the gut. It was so beautiful. I was disappointed to find out who was advertising, and it was just some mundane thing. But, boy, the ad itself what, uh, about dads. I, a dad. Okay. Oh, let, I don't even remember that you one. You got that, James? Let's hear it, James. You know, oh. so disappointed to find out it was just for Dove soap. But boy, yeah. they really—I remember that they—they they have all these scenarios and they're real. It's genuine. Yeah. They're telling little no. kid actors, "Hey, call no. out to your daddy." No, they somehow were able to set up for. Here's a kid on monkey bars, yeah, and he's panicking. Daddy, come save that's me. Right. That's <laughs> that's it. That that, that was huge. No, that's true, and that's nostalgia. Right, because your childhood hung on a bar all, waiting. All three of our boys are in their young 20s now, and they don't need me anymore. Right. Here's reminding me of a time yeah. when, when they, they needed didn't. me. Yeah, exactly. They needed me. That's know? why it's so Save important. me from the monkey bars. I don't want to drop. That's right. Get know? me in the pool, Dad. Don't let me go in the pool. Right. Uh, see, that's that's why it's so powerful, It's really. genuine. It's mm-hmm. real. So, so nostalgia helps. You like it. 
Well, I mean, other than the beaded kind of bachelor <laughs> pad, which got creepy for a minute, you you redeemed yourself with a really good Dove ad. Well, yeah, I it it is uh, as you discussed earlier. I think it has it, it. It's a healing process. It the past can heal us. It, now, the interesting thing to me is why is it that I only remember the good and I don't remember it's the bad? Yeah, I've gone through traumatic times before. Yeah. But um, and I intellectually I remember yeah. every bad part of every bad thing of when I was bullied. I remember that. But the pain here's the critical part: yeah. the pain is gone. The good memories of childhood Are retained. Remain. Why is that? Is that just a uh, a survival mechanism Probably, that, that yeah. we're built with that well, allows she... us to retain the happiness? But the, if if all of the pain of the past were cumulative, yeah. it would be crushing. It would. And, and, and Christine addressed that earlier. That it also, though, um, you 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 remember enough of it to retain the idea that you've overcome it. Yeah, intellectually. So you, you so remember you, the you've events. made it through that, right? Which supports you today. But I don't feel the horror no, of, yeah. of the bullying. You know, because I guess what would that be like? What would the horror of nostalgia do to you? I mean, we, we it, wouldn't survive. Yeah, you and you wouldn't move on. You'd yeah. be just traumatized, stuck. That's and, powerful. And I think you know, repentance uh, factors into that too. If we, you know, there, there's the horror that was inflicted upon us uh-huh. when we were young, but then there's also the burden of our own mistakes, yeah. and you don't want to carry that with no. you. That, that's the essence of repentance: is make amends, let it drop go. it, mm-hmm. let it go, yeah. and move on. So and true. and if you and if you if you do have these mistakes that accumulate and you never make amends for them, yeah, that I think maybe that burden does follow us. It's huge, and it's guilt. I, the, yeah, and and isn't it too that one thought, one idea, one concept can just trigger it and can take you right back to the guilt or the smells. reconciliation. What are the two best tools for time travel? Smells. Oh, and even better than that, music. Music so, yeah. can instantly take you to a specific time and a place, and it's so often a completely insignificant and meaningless moment oh, in yeah. your life, but it's still emblazoned in your memory. Give me one. Give me one where when you think of you think of music. Well, I, I brought in uh, – I was going to play uh, Electric Light Orchestra telephone line. I'm driving in my <laughs> old VW Bug in high school uh, south – on 3200 West in West Valley City, no Utah. No way. You're this and, detailed. And I'm just it's, – it's, this song comes on the radio. And uh, I'm just – I'm driving home from high school, going home. And it's just a normal weekday. There's absolutely nothing special about it. But that song takes me to that exact location and all is well with the world. Let's hear it. James, do you have it? I can just see you. Your hair's blowing. Your windows are down. Yeah. Was it summertime? Yeah, well, it was. Yeah, it was warm and uh, not summer because it was still in school, but probably springtime. Yeah. And you're a senior in high school. You're bobbing you, back. You're a big man on campus. You own that place. Yeah. And you got this little VW Bug. What color? It was uh, kind of a metallic blue, light metallic blue. Inherited it from my dad, and. Uh, 
all yeah, all was well with the world in the, in that one moment. And Isn't there's that there's amazing? a million songs like that that take yeah. me to a specific location and a specific time, an insignificant moment. But why? Why? What are these little touchstones mean? Music is just that powerful. Well, and you who knows music again? I didn't even mention this, but you're the host of BYU's radio BYU Radio's show through the garage door. Not the host, a producer. Well, you're Don's the host. Oh, is he? Oh, is that how that's working now? With the most. Yeah, so Don. Yeah, so Don's the. Yeah, you just—he's you. Producer. He's the Matt Townsend oh, of <laughs> through the garage door. But you're—that means you're the Sean O'Neill. No, I'm the James Birdsall. Really? Yeah. But I hear they couldn't do it without you. Well, you couldn't do this show without James. Totally true. But don't let him know. No that. one would ever hear it. That's so true. Sean might be able to try. I want to raise. Anyway, moving right <laughs> so along. So why would we want to be nostalgic for a time? Okay, now, you know, I, I mentioned the bachelor pad era. Yeah. <laughs> what would you give to be able to t- travel in time mm. to certain historical events? See, that, that would be cool. I mean, I, I, there's so many times, even my own childhood, what would you give to be able to travel back in time to your own childhood and Watch not it. relive the childhood, uh-uh. but to be an unseen third-party observer uh-huh. where you're watching yourself talk I mean, now we can kind of do that these days because we have home movies. Yeah. But what about the Pete time before home movies and that technology existed? That would totally blow That's their That's weird. Minds. There was a Super Bowl commercial that did that last night, though. Which one? If you remember that one. It was a tax commercial. Yeah, and the British. The, uh, yeah, yeah. No tax. They had the, the, tea, the tea, Boston party, tea Party. Boston Tea Party oh, was yeah. happening. They yeah. start throwing the tea into the harbor, and the British are there, and they said, what, uh, what if you were able to file your taxes for free? <laughs> Yeah, and, it, and it ended the whole yeah, – they, had, they even had George Washington row backwards uh, <laughs> across the Game Delaware. Over. Delaware. Across the Delaware, yeah. yeah. See, it was, it was very but, funny. But that's it. If you could go back and see anything, where would you go? Oh, there's – I've got a long list of oh, a, yes. lot, a lot of religious uh, yeah. things. Yeah, Joseph something Smith, with Christ. I, I yeah. with, with, in Christ. Um, historical events. But I think honestly, selfishly, I would want to just – Go back and watch myself as a three-year-old. Would you really? Now I, I have home movies, yeah, silent home movies, mm-hmm. as a three-year-old because this was eight-millimeter yeah. film when I was in the early '60s. We didn't have videotapes yet. My kids are spoiled because they've got copious home movies uh-huh. of them. They can hear themselves learning to talk, see themselves learning to walk. I have little snippets of that from my childhood, right. but. Um, for people, you know, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, for them to be able to witness their own childhood, what a learning experience that would be to give you a concept of this is who I am. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is who I was, and this, these are my roots. This yeah. is the, the, the tender branches growing And how fun if your kids could see you. You know what I mean? I mean, that, I think that would be fun to also have your family see what you went you through. You wouldn't just be it dead. Would, it would explain you about your history, you. And and to here's another one. Go back and see my dad oh, at wow. my age because totally. I don't have home movies of him. Now that would be fascinating. I have a few little black and white mm-hmm. photographs when he was a kid. And to go back, I would go back to uh, Dick Street in West Hollywood <laughs> in 1929 when my dad was three years old and watch him riding his tricycle up and down up Dick down Street in street. West Hollywood and just and – just, Hold him on my lap and talk to him Wouldn't and, and see amazing? who are you? Cool. Who are you really? You're my dad, yeah, but you're also a human being. That's right. Right? And then, but to see him as dads a teen. are not human no, beings no. necessarily. But to right? see him by being bullied and to see him as a teen and to see—I mean, think about all that insight. And I came from that. Yeah, you know that's your and that's, my, my mom's history. You yeah. know, that would be really cool. That's huge. Okay, we've got to keep we got to keep talking. Mark, you're going to stick with us, right? 
I I'm not going. Anywhere. Are you, you going to pull up? You're going to pull up kind of more seedy. I can music play more. From... I got all the bachelor band <laughs> music we've got time for. It's so sad that your mind has gone there. So, so worried about you now. More with Mark Waite when we come back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Whether it's rainy or sunny, you're all very special to me. Ah, this is Barney. Uh, One of the great uh, hits of all time. Barney the Purple Dinosaur singing, I love you, you love me. We went around uh, the offices and tried to ask everybody, you know, what's the most nostalgic song you had? And uh, we asked Mark Waite, if you could just think of one song that, you know, carried you through life, what would that song be? And apparently that was it. (laughs) <laughs> that was not my choice. That wasn't your choice. Oh no! Thank heaven, Barney did not exist when I was a little kid because <laughs> I, I was... would have you. I would have watched it, and <laughs> it would have corrupted my mind. Would that have killed you to have to oh, hear that a thousand man. times a day? Pure saccharine, That's... syrupy. <laughs> I thought that was Mike Pond's song. I mean, we're, aren't that we is supposed Mike to be, Pond's favorite song. We should song. be cutting down on the sugar that our children consume, yeah. and not. But he's them. a loving dinosaur. What says love more than a purple dinosaur? I might be able to think of a couple of things. Give me a minute. <laughs> but because uh, you are a, a connoisseur of music. Here's what I – So you that must have just been – Well, like, my problem with the Barney thing is that I – you know, some people, you catch them talking baby talk to their kids. They, yeah. I never did that. From the day my kids were born, I didn't yeah. speak baby talk You talked like shop talk. Well, I, I mean, I just talked to them like, like I'm talking to you right now. Yeah. You didn't They don't need baby like talk. sailor talk. And then if I did use baby talk, it was always in a facetious, joking sort of way. And I just don't like the the, the smarmy Barney. Smar- they, they should have, should have called smarmy, smarmy Barney. The, the, smarmy the purple dragon. <laughs> was he on a pirate ship? <laughs> <Is that what? laughs> Oi. Ahar, you the love me and I love you. Barney. Anyway. I think it's more of a SpongeBob thing now. <laughs> in the house, I don't know if I've officially introduced you yet. Uh, Mark Waite is here. From Classical 89. Um, he's, been, he's been on Classical 89 since the 30s. <laughs> uh, he's an audio engineer. He's the man. He's really very talented. Uh, he, we call him Wise Wait. Wait for Wise. We're waiting for a better title. I but you're wise. working on that. And we no. like bringing you in because you, you're, you don't like the sugary Barney. I'm all of. about keeping it real, Matt. You like it real. I'm... You're also one of the hosts, one of the voices on one of the voices the, the on now Garage famous. Door. I'm the second Garage banana. Door. I am the Ed McMahon. To you're always like <laughs> <laughs> you're always laughing. You are right, right sir. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> um, so we've been talking nostalgia all day, and when, when we thought, who do we need on the show for that? We thought you because because I'm not, old. Well, you're old, a, and you've still got memories, so that's good. B. And and being old, yes, I am. I am. Pa- I'm older than fifty. You are. In fact, this Saturday I hit double nickels. Oh, okay. fifty five. I can't drive fifty five, but I'm going to be fifty five. <laughs> you will okay. be driving at the age of fifty five. <laughs> I probably shouldn't even be doing that. Honestly, 
In a uh, muscle car, by the way. Yes, too fast. Hard to slow that thing down. It's not easy. Um, it's. I am to the point now officially, and now Sean is officially to that point where we start mm-hmm. – Looking at kids these days, mm-hmm. wait, wagging oh, our finger at you them, kid, you dear. kids these days, yeah, I have you just those don't kids know. These days. And it's uh, it, it is difficult once you get to this age, once you realize what what is true about the past, because you know the the good old days, right? Nothing was wrong in the good old days. Yeah, it was, it all, was perfect. all better than now. And you kids these days, you can't appreciate because you you know I had to walk to school both ways <laughs> uphill. <laughs> With in the galoshes. Snow. My, yeah. my daughter, my second daughter, who's very creative and crafty, actually made a sign for her grandmother that says, uphill both ways, so she could <laughs> hang it up in her house. That's great. And so, you know, it, 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 I guess it is difficult at this age to start trying to be objective about the past and not see it through rose-colored lenses. Now, the, the, the healing comes from the, oh, my, I had such a <laughs> glorious childhood, and yes, I was on yeah. a high school football team. But um, to see it objectively is difficult. And so it really does seem, though, I really don't think I'm uh, being crazy and an, a crazy old man when I say that life is getting worse. The world is getting worse in so many ways. Yeah. But it's getting better, too. It seems to be getting better and worse in an exponential well, rate where everything yeah. is, is going way better or way worse. Well, do you, but it, Or is it just your tolerance for what it is isn't there? Well, no. Some things are objectively measured. I mean, you but know, like slavery safe. doesn't exist Sa- anymore. Exactly. The things are better. We people are, are safer. Fewer way. people are dying over you know things that they used to die over. People are healthier we overall. Huge advances in medicine and better technology. Better cars now. Better cars and technology. Better iPads than they had in 1950. Yes. Oh, the, the iPads the in 1950. What, what, no. why they were the modern? doodle boards. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> the <laughs> magnetic board. Yeah. That you no, 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 no. The no, they were the etch a sketch. Oh. No, it's still magnetic. <laughs> yeah, ish. Shake yeah. it. But you're right. So, but, but I then, still shake my iPad. When you, I, how does I that see work something I don't you? like, <laughs> when it's not working, I shake it really hard. Your wife's like, Mark, we don't do it that way, That's honey. why he's had a few iPads. That's why he's <laughs> gone through three iPads. Anyway, so it, it, it's interesting to think of what actually was better in the old days because certain things were better. Certain things were worse. Now, yeah. you, the the poorest person in society – still enjoys certain luxuries, modern amenities that 300 years ago a king would have killed for. Right. A king 300 years ago would have given half his kingdom for uh, In-house heat, toilet, yeah. Heat, yeah. where you never have to touch anything. You never have to build a fire. It's just it stays warm all night, and I don't have to lift a finger. That's right. Or plumbing, yeah. yeah. Hot and cold running water to jump in a hot shower on a cold morning. Yeah. A king would have—I I will give half my kingdom for a hot shower every morning. All right. right. Electricity that comes into our homes to give it—you flip a little switch, suddenly there's light. You know, it's in as bright as we need it to be. Those three things, I think, uh, heat— Plumbing, plumbing and electrical yeah. are gargantuan, and we take them so for granted. But uh, people yeah. from the history of the world, from the dawn of time up until 100 years ago, they would have blown their minds. But so that's important because if you were going to go in a time machine, you wouldn't go back to just experience a castle, would you? Well, and you'd to, go back, to see that culture, but you would— You'd want to see the people. You'd want to see the relationships. How does it work? The interactions. My wife and I are suckers. We're just gaga for Downton Abbey Wait, are, or, are you or, really? or any kind of Victorian uh, thing. You know, really? Because we, it just – I don't know. It just really entrances us. But I have to always tell myself, look, you couldn't go back and live that. No way. You couldn't live that. It would kill you. Yeah. You're too spoiled. No, I agree. 
And that's I guess that's what's so powerful about it is if you could take if you could take a time machine back, we would go, we would go learn, we'd want to see the culture, we'd want to see how things came to be, but we would never want to stay. Yeah, you just want to be an observer. Yeah. Knowing that you can pull the plug. And you you got to come you back jump to the back in the time machine anytime you want to. I'm, and just, then, I'm just going yeah. for the day. I'm just yeah. a day tripper. It's a, right? it's a day <laughs> tripper. I just want to take a day bag to the past. Great. So, uh, And don't drink the water. Whatever you do, <laughs> yeah. when you're visiting, take a bottle of water with you. Do That's not lesson number one in drink time the travel. Water. That's so true. And don't eat anything from a street vendor. <laughs> street meat. Street, street meat from the 1500s. Rats on a not stick. Great. Rats on a stick. <laughs> I'll Bubonic take a medium. Plague. I'll take a medium on a stick, please. <laughs> do you have any great Bubonic plague-free rats on a stick. See, um, this whole idea of nostalgia, though, also cars you love. Yeah, I couldn't do without cars. And horses are cool too. But you know, horses I'll, are great. I'll take my Mustang. Yeah, over, over a, Mustang a Mustang any day. Uh, music you you always tend to love. So, oh man, that's a huge interesting thing about music. You know, if you wanted to listen to me, that's why people made music right. in in the Renaissance times. They made their own music because they didn't have an iPod yeah. or an iPad. Right? Yeah, that's true. And but so, wasn't that how they got nostalgic too? Because they would tell the stories. With music? The shared history that gets mm-hmm. passed from generation. They didn't have home movies. They didn't no. have recordings, but they had to pass it. And so there is something lost there. Yeah, we have home movies of ourselves. Yeah. But we don't have an oral tradition that's passed along of, of storytelling. And, and we're and not so necessarily forth. a part of the story-making process either. Or the music-making. We don't right. make our own music. We let professionals that's make right. our music for us. But you know, back then, they had to make a trip to the opera, and they were lucky if they got to see an opera you know, once every three months or so, and that was their professional music-making. All the rest of the music, we got to go home and pick up the banjo and yeah. make it ourselves. Yeah. Interesting, though. But Wait see, for the troubadour to come through town. So that really is a, a side of today that we're losing. Well, it's once again getting better and worse. Mm-hmm. We have yeah. such access yeah. to music. Tons. And it's so easy, and I've got music everywhere, but then something is lost mm-hmm. because I'm not making my own music and because I don't have to – I mean, this. okay, huge thing on nostalgia, LPs, the resurgence oh, yeah. of LPs. Yeah, isn't Why that great? Are people, it's Sean stole our turntable here in the, and put yeah. it in his office. He borrowed it, he He's said. permanently borrowed it in yeah. his office. <laughs> Why are LPs better? Well, people, well, because they sound better. No, the reason people really love it, even if they realize it or not, is because it's forcing them to sit down yes. and have a face-to-face confrontation with the music. It's inconvenient, yeah. and they love that inconvenience because it becomes – an event. Music becomes an event. Yes. Not By the way, you can, that's you everywhere. can take it back any time you want. I'm, I'm, it's, there's been such I'm a need for you to surrender it. He'll move it, it to your <laughs> office. I'm, no, I don't, there's no room in my office for it. Too much other equipment. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's why there's a resurgence in LPs is people longing. Mm-hmm. And it's kids who never had a turntable uh, no, who are buying it because they want to see, that's oh, exactly man, my it. dad, when my dad used to put on those LPs, that was a magic experience. Yeah. I want that because it. it's too convenient on the iPod. But see, then it's going to just be trendy. You know, it's not even come and go. You think like like you. We used to worship that. Like when you'd get your vinyl and you would protect it and get it in that sleeve and not let anyone near it. And and the first three listenings, you were absorbed in uh-huh. the lyrics printed on the sleeve and the album artwork. Yeah. And you remember the That's devastation lost. when the needle was out, when the needle would go out, or just. Lost its quality, and it took a while to get it. You, the, the, the way you keep the needle from going out is just keep that 
half inch ball of of uh, lint on Off there of, exactly it leave it, it on there and it cleans as it goes. <laughs> it's cumulative <laughs> it's so true well it's great and mark again it's just fun it, it, it's not just your age it's also your good looks <laughs> it's everything you bring any last words? You got twenty seconds. Well, I was thinking of uh, Dickens, the ghosts of Christmas past, mm. present, and future. I think this is trying to teach us to find balance. Don't just live in the past. Yeah. Don't just plan for the future. Yeah, we're supposed to be in in the in, now. In the now, but we're supposed to be reminiscing. Yeah, bring it. Have find balance, past, present, and future. I will let all three ghosts strive within me to one great end. Well done, Mark Waits. His name. He's the, the wise weight. This is called the wise man. <laughs> One of the great magi. Wise guy. The wise guy. Again, you can catch Mark uh, on the on the show through the garage door, 10 p.m. Eastern time. 10 p.m. Mountain. Oh, Mountain time. Midnight, Midnight Eastern. Eastern time right here on Every BYU night Radio. but Sunday. Not a boy. Keeping it clean on the Sabbath. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll take a break. Come right back. We're going to wrap up the show on Nostalgia right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're wrapping it up right now. We're going to put a big fat bow on it and ship it out via FedEx to the rest of the world. Welcome to what we happily call the Z Block. Okay. The end of the show. In the house, uh, the regular gang, plus Mike Pond, who's been hiding. In yeah. hiding. Where He's been hiding behind the wall over there. Well, they moved my desk in the storage room, and I got locked in for... Luckily, there was a lot of food in there. I but, heard, uh, I heard uh, something. Yeah, was that you? Yeah, we're working it out. Can't, can't really talk about details. But I knew he was there. I just, you knew he was there. Well, you're the yeah. one that locked him in. Well, I thought that it was appropriate. So <laughs> as we, as we kind of wrap up the show on nostalgia, we wanted to ask some of the young punks... We've already asked the older generation. Uh, I'm nostalgic, yes. That's our 50-year-old, newly uh, newly minted 50-year-old, Sean O'Neill. Thank you. Looks exactly a day older older than 50. You think? Yeah. Because just last week you're like, dude, he looks like he's 60 at least. <laughs> Thanks for throwing me under the bus there, Matt. Now you sound like my kids. <laughs> Did you get a lot of that? From your kids, I still yes. Okay, okay. Here's here's the thing. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm uh, one of the people at church who leads the the congregation in the meetings. Yeah, and so I was conducting yesterday on your birthday. Yes. So you're not even working so on I'm, the day of rest. Well, no, I'm I'm there getting things together and getting yeah. things ready. I'm in the in the chapel of the church, and in walks my family, all in black. <laughs> oh no. Well, they were mourning. Yes. The loss of their young dad. My, my whole family all in black. That's sad. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's totally hilarious. That's a family that's thinking about you, Sean. And they're trying to show their love now before you kick yeah. the bucket. Well, oh, they still thanks. can. Well, they still can. Uh, so we've talked about all the old people. And then we've talked about, you know, the healthy young people my age. And then um, 
We wanted to talk about you younger so generation. Healthy adolescents. The 25, the 25 year olds, because it seems like the nostalgia you have is really the lives that we lived. Like, you guys want bell bottom pants, corduroys. Those you are the want, hipsters. Yeah, well. LPs. LPs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, though, when I was growing up, yeah. my mom had a, like a huge stack of 45s. We would always put those on. Isn't that a gun? Oh, Isn't that a gun of 45? Yes. Well, <laughs> How many guns? How they loaded, are you? They, they loaded it up and then a huge stack of forty-five <laughs> caliber Man, my mom pistols. had more pistols than you could shake a gun at. Uh, so forty-five is the smaller. Yeah, the smaller like smaller single track. Vinyl, single track. Yeah. yeah, you have, you have a, you have a track have, on one side. And, and, and you always side had to have the little adapter. Yes, yep. exactly. Yep. So she'd let you rummage through those? Yeah, the, the she got – they were like her her college collection, yeah. And we would uh, uh, we would put them on the the turntable, and we just dance, have a dance party, like all of our forty five. Ten or twelve of them on at a time. Yeah, exactly. Those mm-hmm. are the days. Oh, those were the days. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you you've touched the vinyl. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you, you too, Mike. You shouldn't actually yeah. touch the vinyl. Well, you touched yeah. the outsides of the vinyl. Okay. Well, and we were Mike kids. Too? We didn't care. Yeah, my mom, same thing. She had a collection of vinyls. Mm-hmm. Did okay. Did any of your parents have the old eight track tape? <laughs> my my grandparents had a console with the 8-track oh, tape yeah. in it. Well, so the 8-track tape was known for dislocating an adult person's shoulder. Why? Because you had to, like, jam it in. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, you did. So you'd push it, but you, had to, you always had to, like, hit it. And uh, people's shoulders were going out left and right. That's why mm-hmm. they got rid of it. Yeah. I mean, I've read that. I think that's No, it wasn't history. the fact that they would fade the song out in the middle and then you'd hit the... The splice on the thing, and then you'd fade the song back up in the middle of the song. They did that. Hmm. My dad had eight tracks, and and I hated that. It was so really? so ridiculous. But it's hip. It's cool. No. Yeah. So the eight track, you guys kind of missed that generation. Yeah. Yeah. Glad we did. It was always like in a fifties Bonneville or a six not a sixties <laughs> Bonneville. I never had one in a car, but yeah. Yeah, we were all about the cassette tapes. Yeah. Yep. I had the cassettes. Big time. Did you ever see a cell phone in a suitcase or a briefcase? Yes. No, I didn't. I actually saw a Only car phone cool. that was an actual, you know, like phone. In the car. In the car. Yeah. Yes. Wow. You, you know, uh, Sean, you'll know what I'm talking about. You know on Star Trek with the the, the tricorders? Yes. There we go. Like, yeah. There we go. That's, that's the cell phones I remember. Like the very first cell phones, mm-hmm. they're just like huge, beefy uh, cell phones. My dad had one of those, and I would always play with it. We call that a brick, right? Yes. Yeah. And so you didn't have there. You didn't need to go to Star Trek. Oh yeah. So um, you Matt, you'll know what I'm talking brick, about. The, the brick, the, the brick communicators. Phone? Yeah, the communicators. Yeah, well, the communicators that were the actual predecessor to the flip phone. Okay, let, let's just stop for a sec. <laughs> when when you want to wax nostalgic, you don't always have to wax nostalgic through Star Trek. Okay. You could just go well, directly so actually, in Star Wars Trek or Star um, Wars. <laughs> Mike, are you a trekker? Are you a trekkie? You know, I, I I enjoyed the movies. Yeah, so you're not. You're um, healthy. Yeah, you're sane. Unlike these two. But when I was a young kid, I oh. saw a few Star Trek movies, and I said, "Whoa, that's amazing!" But I well, yeah, no, a lot of young kids did that. Do you have yeah. a favorite captain, Mike? Uh, I like John Luke Picard. Oh yeah, there you go. Yep, solid. <laughs> uh, my favorite captain, Captain Crunch. Crunch, yes, I knew that. <laughs> captain Janeway was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Just FYI, really? Yeah, I love Janeway. Okay. Uh, I grew up on Voyager. Other topics. Um, no, favorite that, commercials. Favorite, right favorite cartoons. Well, you, you, oh, favorite cartoons. Mm-hmm. Super Chicken. 
Okay. That's obviously from the 50s? <laughs> no. I was a big Gumby fan. Gumby. Oh, Gumby. Gumby. Yeah. Gumby. Gumby and Pokemon, yeah. yes. Love those I, I guys. really liked them a lot. I really liked Arthur. Oh, yeah. geez. Yeah, that date, too. What, what is that thing? Is he like an art? He's an art. He's an art. Yeah. Without a nose. <laughs> but very functional family. Yes. I loved Arthur. Yeah. Uh, as an adult, I got to watch that with my children. Uh, my I favorite, Scooby Doo. Yeah. Raggy? <laughs> Raggy. I love Scooby Doo. Um, I love Fat Albert. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty good. That was mm-hmm. really good. Fat Albert, Scooby Doo. What else was on? Um, Speaking of commercials, you're, Super do you remember? Friends. Do you remember Super Friends having to do the oh for collect calls? I think it was like AT and T. The yes. the commercial was like, "This is Bob. We had a baby. It's a boy. Yeah, it's a boy. <laughs> yes. No, I remember those. That they, they still do that today. You have to record your name because people were starting to say stuff over the operator before the call ever got connected. Oh. Well, by the way, do you guys remember uh, answering remember, machines? How about, oh, yeah. yeah. How about pay yeah. phones? Do you remember pay phones? I remember when caller yeah. ID was big, when it first came out. Yeah, I remember you had, had to, to like, pay ID. for caller ID service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dial that? like star six nine or something like yeah. that. Oh, I, yes. I remember when we didn't have computers in our <gasps> homes. I remember, oh I remember saving files on cassette drives. I remember yeah. going to the library to do research. I remember, yeah, don't remember that. when if you had the Encyclopedia Britannica, <laughs> you were you had scored. Yes, you could do everything at home. I remember having the Encyclopedia Salesman in the house. Oh really? my gosh! Yes. <laughs> you are old. Uh-huh. I Thank you. <laughs> I mean, you win. You win. You're the oldest. <laughs> I walked on the moon. But, but, but what amazes me though is my my kids are nostalgic for oh, yeah. for all sorts of stuff. Yeah, mostly information about me, and I don't understand that. Well, there's some. It's fascinating. You're fascinating to You're, them. Well, yeah, you are like. Let's just say, it, let's just say, if a 200 year old mummy, mm-hmm. thanks, <laughs> was like uncovered. Talking. Stop talking about my wife like that. <laughs> no, whoa, I did not say that, Cindy. But if a 200 year old mummy was uncovered, all the kids would want to talk about it. It's like a living museum. So your children are like, Dad, tell us, tell us what happened when you had to make make fire. Oh yes, my my my, actually hypothetically yes. What was it I like still, when you No, I still the wheel? I did that to my mother actually once when. Uh, oh, you did. She talked because she she grew up uh, in an area of town that didn't have electricity. They also didn't have some indoor plumbing. Oh boy! So they had to walk out. Yep. And they she talks about how it was, you know she used to eat cornflakes. And stuff, and she would have. They wouldn't have electricity. And I said, oh, and "So I'm like ten or eleven years yeah. old. So, mom, did you know Ben Franklin? Oh, see, there you go, there you go. That's when mommy dearest my, was born. My kids do that as well to me now. Yeah, that's see, of but stuff. that's the generational thing. Yes, but you guys, you don't know. We've lived it. You don't need to go back to some of these things. No, some of these things weren't worth it. True. You don't need to. Disco? No, thanks. No, disco? No, disco was worth it <laughs> because now we know what not to listen yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, disco, yeah. But claw bangs as we've talked about. So oh, yeah, that, yeah that's it. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, good stuff. I'm proud of you. You guys are – you have enough nostalgia in you but not too much to get stuck. Right? Except for James. Oh, there were the good old days, the 90s. <laughs> 
them their 90s. Those 90s. Good days. Well, anyway, well done, my friends. Uh, great show. We will uh, be back tomorrow, right? Is still, are we still on tomorrow? Is the show still going to be around? I yeah. think so. Yeah, I, sure. I haven't received a memo. Either that or we'll get nostalgic and play a rerun. Nah. Ten ways to turn off your worries tomorrow. That's tomorrow's topic. Plus, again, all the headlines, all the news, tons of insight. You know, very common sense approach. But here's a quote on the way out by a guy named Unknown. Often in life, we forget the things we should remember, and we remember the things we should forget. It's a very, very typical thing. Let's remember the good and uh, bring all of our lessons to the present day and make our lives better. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks for joining us. Until tomorrow, take care of yourself. We'll be back on BYU Radio.